RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Police arrest two people on suspicion of promoting rallies to commemorate Tiananmen Square victims. A foreign judge on the Court of Final Appeal says she's quitting because of concerns about the national security law. And the MTR gets a bumpy ride from lawmakers over fares on its soon-to-open Tunma line. The police say they've arrested two people on suspicion of promoting the banned candlelight vigil at Victoria Park tonight. They're one of the rally organisers, Chao Hang Tung, and a 20-year-old food courier. Officers arrested them in Central and Sha Tin this morning. Here's Detective Senior Superintendent Terry Law. They were found to have used the social media accounts to advertise or publicise a public meeting that had been prohibited by the police. They are now being detained for further investigation. It is emphasised that uh, it is an offence under the public order ordinance if anyone take part in or advertise or publicise an unauthorised assembly. The maximum penalty is five years imprisonment. The Alliance in Support of Patriotic Democratic Movements of China says it's deeply concerned about Ms Chow's arrest and her safety. The group's secretary, Richard Choi, highlighted the timing of the arrest, saying he suspected police were trying to deter people from joining any June 4 activities today. On RTHK's Back Chat program, he said Ms Chow's stance had recently deviated from that of the Alliance. We are quite deeply concerned the situation of Ms. Chow, though recently Ms. Chow's stand on how to continue the candlelight vigil in Victoria Park seems quite different or opposite with the stand of the Hong Kong Alliance. Because this year, Hong Kong Alliance, we already take note that the situation would be very critical. So we already take the stand that our action this year should be totally in consideration to be legal and for safety to be the primary concern. Political scientist and democracy activist Joseph Cheng says the June 4th gatherings have always been peaceful and Beijing should reflect on why people want to mark the events. Those who take part in these activities are those Hong Kong people who closely identify with the Chinese nation, who want to see not only a strong, prosperous China, but a China which will be free, democratic, and with substantial respect for human rights. Actually, this is a healthy balancing force in Hong Kong against those people who increasingly do not identify with the Chinese nation, who do not consider themselves Chinese. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, paid tribute to Tiananmen victims, saying the United States stands with the, victim, with the people of China in their fight for human rights. He said the United States would honour the sacrifices of those killed 32 years ago and the brave activists who carry on the efforts today in the face of ongoing government repression. Mr Blinken also called for a full accounting of all those killed, detained or missing. A foreign judge sitting on Hong Kong's top court has said she'll quit the city's court of a final appeal, citing concerns over the SAR's national security law. Lady Brenda Hale, the first female president of the UK Supreme Court, would be the first UK judge to quit the CFA over the security law. According to a report published this morning by the UK's Times newspaper, Lady Hale said during an online conference that the jury is out on how they'll be able to operate the new national security law. There are all sorts of question marks up in the air. Lady Hale's stint as an overseas judge on the CFA will end in July, and she reportedly said, I don't wish to be reappointed. The Department of Justice has been approached for comment. 
Customs and police say they arrested two people and seized gas masks and imitation firearms in a joint operation yesterday. Police had earlier received information about the alleged sale of items on the Internet that were suspected of being imported without a licence. Police say they arrested a 27-year-old man at a flat in Taipo and seized 12 gas masks and seven filter canisters, as well as seven imitation firearms and two walkie-talkies. Later, police say they arrested a 14-year-old boy in Taiwan who had two gas masks and a filter canister in his possession. The two were released on bail. The MTR Corporation has been grilled by lawmakers over why a shorter ride on its soon-to-open Tunmar line costs more than a longer journey. Legislators welcomed news that the MTRC would give away 100,000 one-way tickets to mark the opening, but questioned why travelling from Hunghom Station to to Hinkeng Station costs $3 more than getting off one stop later at Taiwai, a station on the East Rail Line that's been in operation for almost 20 years. The company's CEO, Jacob Cam, blamed what he called historical factors. He spoke through an interpreter. Other than the distance of the journey, we also talk about the market factors, like the convenience as well as the journey time. I think there is a sort of a background to it. There's a history. We hope that year by year we are able to carry out an improvement through the fair adjustment exercises. RTHK has confirmed that its Assistant Director of TV and Corporate Businesses, Jace O, has resigned. A spokesman for the government station says she's leaving to pursue other plans and will leave her post on the 18th of next month. Ms O is currently on leave. The station thanked her for more than 30 years of service. A virology professor at City University has welcomed plans to lower the eligible age for a BioNTech vaccine from 16 to 12. He told RTHK the data shows the vaccine is just as safe and effective in children as it is in adults without serious side effects. He said the extra site 3% of the population that the younger age group represented would put Hong Kong a step closer to its goal of herd immunity at 70%. 3% is 3% closer to the goal. So let's just say we get everybody in this age group vaccinated, so we're 3% closer to the 70%. The other unfortunate thing is some of the BioNTech lots that were acquired by Hong Kong are set to expire in a few months. So we are in a race to get these jabs that are sitting here into arms in order to reach our goal of herd immunity. Researchers from the Chinese university yesterday said they interviewed about 1,200 people and found only one in four plan to get inoculated in the next six months. Britain and Israel have some of the highest levels of trust in vaccines, according to a new st- survey by Imperial College London and YouGov. Researchers looked at the attitudes of 69,000 people in 15 different countries. Here's the BBC's Naomi Grimley. Vaccinating the world is a complex project for many reasons. This survey suggests there's still room for improvement even in some of the world's most advanced economies. Take South Korea, for example. Only 47% of those asked trust the vaccines they've been offered. In Japan, which is to stage the Olympics this summer, it's equally low. At the opposite end of the spectrum, trust is high in Israel at 83%. And the UK tops this survey with 87% expressing faith in vaccines. 
President Biden's announcement that the U.S. will donate 19 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines to COVAX, the global body designed to distribute vaccines fairly, has been greeted warmly but with caution. The Washington-based Poverty and Disease Alleviation Group, one, said it was a good start, but much more could be done. Its head is Tom Hart. It's a huge amount of doses, especially compared to other countries. The desire to do it uh, equitably through COVAX, President Biden has made clear he's not seeking favors or anything in exchange for this um, and doing it as rapidly as possible. Again, a lot to like, but it's just short of what is needed. The United States could vaccinate every man, woman and child in the country and still have 500 million surplus doses that it could give to other countries in need. A French court has heard that a teenage girl was subjected to what a lawyer called an internet lynching after she mocked Islam on social media. The girl was just 16 when she made the comments in response to a taunt about her sexuality. Here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. This case has become extremely important and notorious in France now because of its implications for free speech and cyber harassment and so on. And what's very interesting is the profile of the 13 people who are in the dock today because they're not Islamist extremists, um, they're regular people, none of them with uh, criminal records, they're not necessarily all Muslims even. And all of them say they've been taken by surprise by the attention that has been brought on them and the charges have been brought against them because they say we only gave one tweet, we only didn't realise that we were going to get into such trouble. The UN Security Council has heard that an old decaying oil tanker moored off the coast of Yemen is threatening an environmental and humanitarian catastrophe of vast proportions. Houthi rebels controlling the area have not allowed the UN access despite deals reached last year. The head of the UN Environment Programme, Inga Anderson, warned the Security Council of a disaster waiting to happen. The two possible scenarios of one, a potential spill, or two, an explosion, would directly affect millions of people in a country that is already enduring the world's largest humanitarian emergency. If there were to be this spill, entire ecosystems could be damaged, and it would take decades to clean up the spilled oil. A finance expert has warned investors to brace for market volatility in the next six months from Sino-US tensions after President Biden signed an executive order that bans Americans from investing in 59 Chinese technology and defense firms with alleged ties to China's military. The new order expands on an earlier one issued by Donald Trump. Kenny Wen, a wealth management strategist at Everbright Sun Kai, spoke on RTHK's Money Talk program. When Joe Biden being elected, some people were very optimistic, saying that there will be improvement in the Sino-U.S. relations. We just don't buy it because we do think that it may take years to handle the issue, especially for the past six months. Biden administration were so busy to handle the COVID-19. But once the COVID-19 being under control and we see improvement in U.S. economic situation, we do think that their policy direction may move to foreign policy and obviously China will be one of its targets. The American airline United is aiming to bring back supersonic passenger travel. It'll buy 15 aircraft from a US startup called Boom Supersonic with an option to buy more if safety and operating standards are reached. Here's the BBC's Michael Duncan. The developers say the plane, called the Overture, will be capable of flying at just over 2,000 kilometres an hour, cutting some journey times in half. It'll carry up to 88 passengers, all paying at least business class fares. 
United says it aims to start passenger flights in 2029, but the overture hasn't been built or certified yet, and some experts believe that date is optimistic. If it does come into service, it'll be the first supersonic airliner to operate since Concorde was retired in 2003. Finance now, and in the stock market, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,991, 19 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $77 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.16 yen. The euro is 1 US dollar, 21 cents. The pound is 10 Hong Kong dollars and 93 cents. Sport now, and in the tennis, the three players who've won 54 of the past 63 Grand Slam titles between them have all comfortably reached round three of the French Open. Rafael Nadal swept past the home favourite, Richard Gasquet, in straight sets. Nadal has won all 17 of their meetings, dating back to 2004. Novak Djokovic faced nine breakpoints, saving eight of them as he breezed past Pablo Cuevas, 6-3, 6-2, 6-2. Djokovic is confident about his chances going forward. Um, I'm, you know, ready to to go deep in this tournament. Hopefully that's going to be the case, but I'll take it match by match. And so far, the two matches that I played have been played um, on, on a high quality. So I'm pleased with the performance today. I felt comfortable running, playing. Um, all, all round game was, was great. So I'm very, very satisfied with the performance. Roger Federer needed four sets to get past Marin Cilic during the match. Cilic compl- complained to the umpire, I'm sorry, to the umpire, about how long Federer took to get towels between points. Federer was given a warning, but then dismissed the ensuing argument as a misunderstanding. He felt the whole exchange added energy to his game. A bit of up and downs in the second and third set. The good thing, I feel like I come out of a match like this and I know why it was up and down, you know. And then that I was able to uh, attain a solid level once he did break back in the third set and things were looking dangerous for me, that I was able to step up a gear, stay with him and then pull away from him. I think that gives me a lot of confidence. Tonight's third round matches include Serena Williams versus Danielle Collins. John Einer takes on Stefanos Tsitsipas. To football and the warm-up to Euro 2020, where Greece held a depleted Belgium squad to a one-all friendly draw. Details from the BBC's Al Ross. A Belgium side missing several of their biggest stars has been held to a one-all draw by Greece in what was both countries' opening friendly. In the build-up to Euro 2020, Kevin De Bruyne, Axel Witzel, Thibaut Courtois, Jan Vertonghen and Eden Hazard among those missing for Roberto Martinez's side. There were also build-up wins for Ukraine, who beat Northern Ireland 1-0, and for Turkey, who were 2-0 winners over Moldova. Switzerland thrashed Minos Liechtenstein by seven goals to nil. England's Trent Alexander-Arnold has been ruled out of Euro 2020 with a thigh injury. The Liverpool right-back hurt himself in the closing stages of Wednesday's friendly against Austria. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Police arrest two people on suspicion of promoting rallies to commemorate Tiananmen Square victims. And a foreign judge on the Court of Final Appeal says she's quitting because of concerns about the national security law. The news from RTHK. (laughs) 